Welcome to the KBB From the Tap podcast. I'm Managing Editor Leslie Claggett, and this week I'm very happy to talk with Julie Schuster, principal and founder of Julie Schuster Design Studio in New York City. Her practice provides wellness-focused interior design solutions for homes and working spaces that are innovative, functional, and personalized. Julie serves on the Editorial Advisory Board for Kitchen and Bath Business, and she's currently a brand ambassador for Roburn Cabinetry and is recognized as a responsible renovator by Renovation Angel. Julie is an active and engaged member of the New York City design community. In 2014, she helped establish the Interior Design Society's New York City chapter, spearheading the group's formation as the chapter's president. Julie also works closely and enthusiastically with the National Kitchen and Bath Association as the president of the Manhattan chapter and with the International Feng Shui Guild. Be sure to subscribe to KBB's YouTube channel and click the like button on our videos. You can also subscribe to KBB's From the Tap podcast on such apps as Apple, Spotify, Pandora, and Google Podcasts. And please feel free to leave a review. Today, we're going to discuss using feng shui in design, a topic you know well, Julie. Welcome, and thank you very much for joining me. Oh, thank you, Leslie. It's always a pleasure uh, to do anything with KBB, but uh, talking about feng shui, clearly one of the things that I could go on and on about. Well, now is your opportunity. (laughs) Uh, Why don't you start by telling us what is feng shui? Well, um, many people think of feng shui as both an art and the science. Uh, It is an ancient Chinese philosophy of of, of placement, basically. It had to do in its origins with really where you should place a village, where you should um, put your house and which way it should face. And and using the elements of the universe to, to program us in the most auspicious placements for those things. So that's kind of really where it all began. Um, The term itself, feng shui, translates to wind and water. So to me, I think of feng shui as as being at one with nature. Uh, It it has to do with placement. It has to do with elements. It has to do with wind and water. And all of those things kind of are about being in the natural world. Absolutely. Uh, How did you first learn about feng shui? Where did you first encounter it? Oh, my goodness. Uh, That's a good question. Um, I think this has to go, we go back to uh, when I was first out of design school. So um, obviously, I I am a career changer, or I'll be honest and tell you I'm a career changer. Let's put it that way. Uh, So I went back to design school and graduated uh, in about 2009. As I was graduating from school, I had the opportunity to take a temporary position as the project manager of an interior design show house here in New York City. So that gave me the opportunity to become more indoctrinated with the design community and other designers. And it was while I was there working uh, with all of the teams that were on that site and and running the, the creation of the house itself that I first met a designer who used the term feng shui for the first time to me. I really had never heard of it. I didn't know what it was or what it was all about. Uh, And I was just fascinated with the way it it integrated 
with interior design as part of the process. To me, it just seems so natural that this this ancient art form also was was so integratable with interior design. Uh, and I made a promise to myself that after I finished with this particular project, I was going to do some more research and learn more about it, uh, which is exactly what I did. I had the opportunity uh, in looking through my work to find a school uh, not far from here, out on Long Island, actually, that integrated uh, both the process of feng shui and interior design into their program. It was a licensed program with the state of New York and the educational board, as well as with the International Feng Shui Guild. So to me, it was the perfect marriage, still being very Western oriented and wanting my certifications. Um, and that's how I became a certified practitioner in feng shui. Wow. Uh, and then what made you decide to incorporate it into your design practice? Is it an, an altruistic feeling? Is, tell me. Well, it was, it was honestly this idea of, of being able to bring um, um, nurturing and support from an energetic level. I really do believe in the power of energy. I believe it's all around us and it affects us. Uh, and the idea that we could with intent decorate our homes and create spaces that we live in that can nurture and support from that energetic level and that we can uh, proactively apply intent to to make it more so was the part that fascinated me. Mm -hmm. um, let's see, do you, with a project, do you typically uh, evaluate an entire home? environment for feng shui or do you break it down room by room you know it's uh it's honestly a, a layering effect um feng shui itself the way i apply it really kind of goes back to what's called the five transformations of the known world or the five element theory and mm -hmm. uh basically what the chinese uh originators of this thought process divided almost everything in our universe into one of five elements. So things are either uh, fire, water, earth, metal, or wood. Everything is made up of one of these elements or some combinations of them. Uh, and because energy moves and it's constantly in, in flux, that wind and water concept again, they affect one another. So balance, harmony, the ability to apply them in certain ways in our environment and, and bring about different responses is, is sort of what we think in terms of. Now you can apply this to anything. You can apply it to uh, an entire home. You can apply it to a room, a desktop, the human face. All are, the, it can have the Bagua laid on, and then we can think of it in terms of those different quadrants. But these different energies have different flavors, if you will. They manifest themselves in different ways and affect one another. So it's sort of a matter of layering uh, on top of one another. I mean, you can start with a plot of land and proceed to a home and then a room, etc. So building from a, a microcosm to a macrocosm, really. Actually, kind of a macro to a micro. It, it's, a, it's slightly reversed in, in the way you think about it. But yes, you're absolutely correct. Okay, great. Um, could you talk a little bit about a, a room that is near and dear to our, our audience, the kitchen? How you look at a kitchen for and adjust its feng shui or well, establish yeah. that balance? From a feng shui perspective, the the 
requirements of each of those two rooms are somewhat different. However, the one thing that we have to think about, um, and, and from a five element perspective, the element that's most represented in a kitchen and a bathroom is water, right? That's, mm -hmm. that, let's think about it. That's, that's kind of elemental. Uh, I think of it as the Oda response here. Of course, there's tons and tons of water in kitchens and bathrooms. Uh, and back to this idea of creating balance and creating harmony amongst the elements. So one of the things that we want to do when we're thinking about bathrooms and kitchens is, is how do we mitigate and or balance an overabundance of one element, in this case, water. So what we're thinking of when we're talking about what we put into a kitchen, let's say, is um, letting the other elements sort of control our water to a certain degree. So what elements um, are nurtured by water? Well, um, things like metal are nurtured by water or controlling water, earth controls water. Think of it, it dams up water. So that's, that's an opportunity to, to mitigate or draw back on the overabundance of water. Um, water douses fire. So by the process of it dousing fire, when we add fire to our design or our decor, it also draws back, mitigates, balances the overabundance of water. So I like to think in terms of using uh, the other elements to create balance in a situation like that. One of the ways that you can do that um, is by using colors, obviously, earth colors. Uh, well, you see some of them behind me, uh, sandy browns, um, oranges, uh, dusty yellows, those are earth colors that are great to use in both kitchens and bathroom decor. Uh, shapes that are, um, let's say, pyramid or star shapes, which are representative of, uh, representative of fire. Other great things to put into our decor in some way, shape or form to kind of balance out. It's fascinating. So it's, <laughs> it's not just uh, functioning items like the water flow, the literal water flow, but it could also be um, representations of those. The power of our intent is very important in feng shui. And so when I talk about using colors to create a decor, what I'm really talking about is doing so in a meaningful and intentful manner so that we subconsciously are putting that particular energy into the space. Could you maybe uh, give us some examples of the problems, would you say, that you have corrected with using feng shui, the solutions that you've created? Well, well one of the things that happens when you're working in uh, a, an urban environment like New York City, I think, is that you know I'm most of everything I'm doing is not new construction. So I'm not starting from scratch. I'm, I'm actually functioning within a footprint that already exists most often. And obviously, as you know, uh, or maybe you don't know, but the fact of the matter is New York City spaces are small. Uh, and uh, quite often there, I'm, I'm working in uh, buildings that might have been, you know, might be 100 or 100 plus years old. So there's a very restrictive footprint and there's a very restrictive type of architectural change that we can make. So we are often working with applying cures to mitigate things that we can't do anything about. 
Right. It, it sounds like you're walking into um, an environment where the energy is already restricted. And there's predecessor energy. Obviously, exactly. obviously uh, you know, the energies of um, those that were there before us and things that, that occurred in those places before us sometimes require mitigating before we can even begin. For example, how would how do you do that? Well, there are there are space clearing uh, methodologies that are are feng shui uh, indicative, and they have to do with sometimes they, there's something called orange peel therapy that one can do by by putting in fresh scent. Smudging is often another way of removing mm. predecessor energy. You've, I'm sure you've heard of this. It's it's also a Native American process as well as ancient Chinese. I have a few bundles of sage downstairs, actually. <laughs> there you go. And see, you didn't even know it. You were applying yeah. feng shui cures. Um, I know you're especially interested in designing for wellness in your practice. Could you tell us a little bit about how feng shui, biophilia, and living in place design work together for you, or how you work to make them work together? Yeah, the, one, of the, one of the beautiful things about as I said, my, my organic uh, move to the study of feng shui and applying it to my interior design work was, was that really I feel that feng shui almost informed and organically led me to living in place design. Uh, you know, I, again, it had to do with my philosophy of the fact that our spaces should support us. They should physically support us as well as emotionally supportive. So the idea of creating spaces that were safer and more functional was also uh, really kind of a natural thing for me. I, uh, I led myself to living in place from uh, really that perspective. So I see them all as being very integral pillars to my business when it comes to creating spaces, uh, as I said, that are functional as well as beautiful and certainly accessible as well. How do you convey that to your clients? In uh, do you have have an elevator speech for them, or is this and an unfolding process? It, it is an unfolding process, and it really has to do, in a lot of cases, with how the person comes to me in the first place. Uh, you know, sometimes they really just want me to help them renovate, and. Sometimes they really want me to help them create better energy. So it kind of, you, you let it sort of unfold in the way that is natural to the process. If a person comes to me for feng shui thought process, well, then of course, that's a much easier way to, to think of it in terms of it. However, I'm going to apply feng shui as well as living in place design to anything I do. Mm -hmm. If I'm renovating a bathroom, I'm going to make sure that we put grab bars in. I'm going to make sure that our tile design has some sort of horizon line in it because these are very important technical things that we can do to make people safer in a space. I'm going to make sure that my furniture design uh, has the bed in the bedroom or the main seating area uh, with command position taken into consideration in our process. That's going to be something I'm going to do that's a feng shui enhancement or or cure if you will that may or may not have even been asked for so sometimes i just incorporate it into my work without even telling them if that's not why they're coming to me but i think that in the process of doing so i make the space safer supportive and nurturing all together as well as beautiful uh it 
Sounds like you've checked all the boxes there, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> um, for, for designers who are interested in investigating feng shui techniques, what would you suggest? How would you suggest they educate themselves? Well, the you know I'm a I'm a very active member of the International Feng Shui Guild uh, and have have achieved red ribbon professional status with them. But that's a great place to look for uh, if you're looking for a practitioner in your local area. That's a great place to look if you're looking for a school or a program that that you can take either online or in person. That's another great place to look. So it sort of depends on what you're interested in. And, uh, you know, it's an also, also a great place to just start reading about feng shui and, and people that write and blog about it the way I do or have books on it. Uh, many of my co-practitioners have done that as well. So that's an awesome place to just start researching it. Well, that, that's great advice. Thank you so much. And uh, I really appreciate your joining us today on KBBs from the Tap, Julie Schuster. I wish you a, a wonderful and a balanced day. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. <laughs>